Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, guys? I just want to give you a quick disclaimer before we start this interview with Asia. She gives the most amazing, wild stories from being a deckhand on yachts for so many years, working up and close with some wild, rich people. Uh, anyway, so the stories that she gets into about drug use and incest and hookups and all that kind of stuff, just wanna make it clear, those were throughout her career, not while filming uh, Bravo's Below Deck. So anyway, just understand that. I don't want anyone thinking this was during Below Deck filming because we don't want Bravo all up in our business. All right, hope you enjoy it. Oh, I thought I was gonna burp, sorry. No, it's gone. Hello, I'm Aisha Scott from Below Deck Down Under and I am here on the Hollywood Raw podcast and I am telling you the craziest things that I have seen in my yachting career. So make sure you give it a listen. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I'm Dax Holt. Joined Adam... Wow. Joined Adam Glenn. That's how I talk now. Joined Adam Glenn. <laughs> how are <laughs> joined, you? <laughs> joined by my buddy Adam Glenn out in New York. It is crazy late there. Thank you for staying up with us, buddy. Uh, we got a fun show for you. We've got Asia Scott. And uh, for all of our Bravo fans, uh, she's on Below Deck Down Under and you guys keep asking us, please, please get Bravo stars on. So we're doing that. We're listening to you. We're getting some more Bravo stars on. Um, but it's just fun. Like, I, I've seen her on TV. She is fun as hell. I'm excited for this interview because I feel like she doesn't ever hold back. And um, I did see in our little preview screen that she's got a glass of wine next to her. So that means that this is going to be even better of a, an episode because <laughs> you know she's going to be boozing up a little bit um anyway adam um what what are you most excited to talk to her about? i just i'm just ex interested in that whole world of yachting i'm just so interested in real and in, in rich people because you don't understand like being in new york city and i'm sure where you at you see it too but I am, you know, I walk around New York City, dude, I'm the poorest guy in New York City because I just see the way these people spend money and the way they roll and they, oh, you know, they might be going to the gym and they order the Uber SUV just to go to the gym. It's like, what do you guys do all day? What do you guys do for a living? So she's around all these people. So I just want to learn more about the yachting culture. Um yeah, so again, if you guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We are the Hollywood Raw Podcast. Um, we're not your average uh, gossip podcast. In fact, I'm not even a gossip guy. It's I, Gossip to me is, I, like, yes, am I part of the gossip industry? Yeah, but like, you I like more of the, the news, the breaking news than gossip. I want to know what's actually going on. I want to know the truth. I don't want, like, I understand blind items. I appreciate blind items. I, I understand the, the popularity of them. However, I you're just better at guessing them. I am so good bad at trying to guess these riddles of blind items. Where for me personally, I just like want to know really what's going on or how these people are like, and that's what we do in this podcast in the Hollywood Raw. We reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. Um, we do an episode once a week. In the middle of the week, we interview celebrities or kind of talk to each other, and then at the end of the week, we do our top ten stories of the week. Um, but both do really well, and uh, we also have this awesome. Uh, community called Off the Record. It's a Facebook community where we all kind of just talk everything entertainment. And it's just fun. It's cool. We learn a lot of new things. You guys can ask us questions and we kind of see what you guys are talking about and kind of gauge what you guys are interests are. And, you know, we did a thing recently where one of the people listening to the podcast, um, we met up with her, you know, a girl who met her, brought her to BravoCon. And wow, that's, that really sounds creepy. I know. Like, it was literally just. 
you just said, hey, do you guys want to meet celebrities? And she came and hung out with you for a little bit and got to meet tons of Bravo celebrities. Well, I mean, it wasn't as – actually, I, I hit her up and I was like, hey, you're in New York. Um, I, I, I said, hey, meet me at this hotel. And she didn't know what – she was like, what is going on? It's like, just meet me here. And she came and met me. I was like, all right, here's where all the Bravo stars are staying. You're going to hang with me and you're going to meet all Bravo stars. And that's – actually, she had a better time uh, – at the hotel than she did at BravoCon. And that's just kind of what we do. We're a community here that people just love this entertainment world and we just kind of chill. So check us out off the record on Facebook. Now, Dax, do you have some reviews to read, please? I got a couple reviews to say thank you to those people that are leaving them on our iTunes page. All right. This one call, comes from Ashley Bumpus. Uh, it says, one of the best overall podcasts. I found you this podcast after listening to y'all on Do You, and I'm officially obsessed. It's such a great mix of everything Hollywood, gossip, and all things. By far, in my top three, I listen to every single week. Thank y'all. From love, Ashley Bumpus. Thanks, Ashley. Appreciate that a lot, a lot, a lot. Next one comes from... This comes from Jacqueline in uh, Marin County. So, such fun. Found you through Juicy Scope and so glad I did. It's such a fun and funny yet informative podcast. Oh my God, yesterday when Dax brought up Brad Pitt now has a skincare line and Adam chimes in with, finally, had me rolling. Also, Adam's back surgery comment, laugh out loud. I have to do so many true crime shows in my podcast library. It's nice to listen to some levity. Thank you from Jacqueline in Marin County. That's sweet. Thank you. Dude, and like you guys don't even know how much I appreciate you taking the time. Like this is a, this comment, she clearly put a lot of thought into it, and you know, write it, wrote a really nice message. So thank you. All right, last one before we start the show. This one comes from uh, Mandy in Texas. So it says the best of the ten to twelve podcasts I listen to, Hollywood Raw is one of the first that I scroll to. Dax and Adam are so funny and give a really interesting take on everything they discuss. Great guests, never boring. Much love from Texas, Mandy. Aw, thanks, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. All right, so one last thing before we jump into this with Asia. On Friday, we told you guys that we need a little help from you. We've been trying to get Tori Spelling on the podcast. Um, she, I feel like she just has such a freaking interesting life, and we want to talk to her. We've reached out a couple times, nothing back, so we need your help. Can you guys please go to her social media pages, DM her, write on her last photo, anything, and just say, you need to go on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You'd be a great guest on the Hollywood Raw podcast. Whatever you want to say, just bombard her with comments so she sees us. And so hopefully, as a team, as a community here, we can all get her to come on this podcast. That'd be awesome, right? Yeah, that's the goal. We want you know, the, we want to see if it works, number one. And if it works, we're going to do this with more people. But we really want towards spelling for some, you know, we, we want guests that are have a have something unique to say. We just think Tori Spelling has had an interesting life and career and I just want to learn more about her. And we want to just ambush her and kind of like basically flood her social media with, hey, you should go on the Hollywood Raw podcast and make sure so she sees it and have her come. So start with her and if we'll go to other people. But let's start with, let's start with, Tori Spelling. Absolutely. All right, let's get into our guest today, who is a fan favorite from Bravo's Below Deck, Down Under. Aisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, we love having just Bravo stars on the podcast. We get some of the biggest reactions because everyone loves Bravo shows. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is, what's the magic about Bravo shows, but what do you hear the most out there from people? What is it that they love about Below Deck? I think what people love about Below Deck so much is that there's something in it that's relatable for everyone. You know, you've got... Because we're just normal people actually just doing our jobs and we're doing service jobs, which so many people work in. So they watch the show and they're like, oh, I've had a customer like that. Oh, I've had a colleague like that. And then you top it off with gorgeous views, gorgeous people generally. I mean, I don't mean to speak for myself, but (laughs) drama, sex, like how a boat works. There's just something in it for everyone. And you're right. Bravo fans are so passionate and so full of love. It's wonderful. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy because, you know, I was just in New York and BravoCon was here and I was at the hotel and you see the way people react to these Bravo stars and how Mm -hmm. 
like it's it's part of their life and it's not just one series it's not just one franchise like the housewives of salt lake city it's it's the whole culture so what yeah you know let me ask you why do you think that you know below deck and that franchise did well and sometimes another franchise you know you know not you know comes to bravo and doesn't do well like what What's like the niche? If you were like a Bravo executive, what do you find like as you know from the outside looking in? What do you see that's kind of working for Bravo uh, as a show? Uh, that's a really good question because I think you're right. I think there's something about Below Deck that just hooks people in, and I truly believe it's 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 all down to the production team because when you are filming the show. It is absolutely insane because they have got 24-7 cameras running in every every single room, plus they've got cameramen running around capturing everything as well. So you've got six weeks of 24-7 footage and you some and they somehow take that and cut it down into this really watchable story where they follow they follow interesting storylines. And when you're in it, you're like, there are about 600 storylines that they could follow, but they somehow know what storyline to choose, what music to chuck in there, what transitions to use. And it comes together as this magic ball of just talent. They're so incredible. So how long were you working on boats or yachts or however you refer to the floating vessels that you work on uh before the the bravo opportunity came around so i'd already been working on boats for about six years maybe five and a half um but i'd always always wanted to be on tv ever since i was little and all of my girlfriends knew that back home and one of them actually was in yachting as well and I just, I didn't actually know about the show at the time. And she messaged me one day out of the blue and was like, I've got the car, I've got the email for the casting director. You're absolutely <laughs> amazing at this. And so I sent them a video. You had to fill in an application form. And I thought, bugger it. It's too generic. I'll send them a video. Um, and literally 30 minutes later, they emailed back and said, please, like, we need to have an interview with you. Wow. And I, I think it was just so exciting because I hadn't seen the show. I didn't realize how bloody huge it is. It is so big. And it was just, it was just so serendipitous, the timing. And I feel really lucky it came about. Yeah. So when you said they had to have a meeting with you, was that a, like your audition meeting after you sent the video, was it a Skype meeting or was it in person? Did they fly you out to like come to New York and meet with them or how to go down? No, that would have been lovely for my ear points build up. No, <laughs> I get it. Um, I get it. <laughs> no, I just did a Skype with them. Um, I did one in New Zealand when I was there on holiday. And then you kind of go through rounds as you work your way up through through, you know, you do it with the casting agents and then a couple of producers and then um, and then the final, like the final one is doing it in front of a board with all the executives, which is very scary. So all of them were through, through Zoom. And so when you, when they say, okay, you've got the gig, you're going to be helping out, you're going to be on the show. My question is, do you go into this show with an idea of what you want to be perceived by the audience. Like I want to be the nice person or I want to come in with like, you know, some scandal. Like how does, how does that all unfold? Cause I, I got to think a lot of people kind of prepare their persona, especially on reality TV. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, the people that do that are the ones that no one likes because you see right through it. Like, I think for me, it was, I was, I think I'm one of the only cast ever to have gone on the show and not bothered watching any of the show. Like I truly hadn't watched one episode when I came on board. And so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I, I've always been so myself in such an open book that I just you know, I was typical Asian, just went at it with everything. And it worked in my favor because I think people could tell that I was very genuine and very real. But I've definitely, you know, you do get cast members that come on and they're they're so conscious of how they come across. Like they'll they'll start to say something and then their eyes will dart across to the camera and they're like, oh, oh nah, don't worry, don't worry. And those people, they never do well because 
the the fans you see them commenting and they're like who is this person like we can't get a gauge on them you know one week they act like this the other week they act like this so i just think do you just need to go in and be yourself 100 percent. i don't i honestly don't think i would have made a good reality star for the first 30 years of my life i feel like i just wasn't comfortable like I you know I really like I think after 30 and into your like I just turned 40 yeah but I feel like I really am confident with myself and just who I am at this point in my life and I think that that's when people make good reality stars I, I would have not made a good reality star at the age of 20 like I was yeah. too concerned about what people thought get in your own head and yeah it's just like in your, get you in your head been. like no one no one really would have been because we all care too much about what our peers think but i think that's the beauty of getting older is you realize that it doesn't fucking matter what anyone thinks sorry i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that no it's fine um, how fucking dare you <laughs> talk <dark> podcast <laughs> um and it it doesn't matter what people think and yeah you're right those people make the best and i think that that's why that's why the housewives are so amazing because they're all x amount older and they just don't give a shit you can tell they really don't (laughs) so what yeah so what makes you like obviously you're you're very good on the show you're great you're charismatic you're great to look at but you know, what made you, what's the benefits of going on the show? Is it like, you know, are you getting more work to work on more yachts because people want you because you're on the show? Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the benefits you've gotten since being on the show? Besides having like people recognize you and get to make some money on Cameo. Yeah. What, how, how else does it affect you within the industry? Or does it even like hurt you in the industry? Because some of these people are like such, you know, they could be snooty. They have so much money. Like they don't want that sort of attention. Like how does it, how has it affected your life besides like the fans? So, you know, one thing that I love to rub in Yachty's faces is that it does actually help you because the culture is definitely changing now. But when I first started Below Deck, Below Deck was very looked down on in yachting and Yachty's hated it. They thought it was so embarrassing. And if they found out you went on it, they would just rip the shit out of you. And everyone's like, oh, well, well, good luck ruining your career, which A, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be a fucking waitress on the sea until I'm 50. <laughs> like, what? I don't care that I'm ruining my career. Um, but honestly, since I started this show, people, people want you on the boat more because people are such big fans of it that captains catch wind or a chief stew cat catches wind and they're like oh we've got a guest coming on that absolutely loves you would you like to come on and be you know like a one of our stewardesses just for this trip or something so definitely hasn't hurt my yachting um and then in terms of relating to me and my goals I mean I still love yachting and I want to keep doing it for another another couple of years but my dream is to host tv shows it's been my dream for years and years so for me it's you know it's given me a following it's allowed me to get a beautiful publicist and, a, and you know an agent <laughs> and all this team around me that's helping me to grow and hopefully get to my goal one day that's awesome and where where do you feel like is the biggest audience for is you know for below deck is it here in america is it in europe is it new zealand like where do you walk around that you get the recognize you get recognized the most definitely here in america like even in breckenridge it's the tiny ass town up in the mountains and every time i leave the house you know it's like ah! <laughs> which is really cool um and New Zealand, it's definitely growing. Like I do get recognized there, but just not quite as much. But I think that might also be because Kiwis are not the, co- there's, there's not really a celeb culture there. So Kiwis don't really like to say hi to people. Mm, um, I get it. And then it was interesting because in Australia, we obviously filmed season two in Australia and I noticed there was a lot more hype around us being there and people running up to us the second time we were there. So it's definitely growing around the world, but still number one in the States. Okay. So now that you're on the show and when you go back to yachting, are you able to get like ask for more money? Not from Bravo. I'm saying from clients. Like, are you say, Hey, listen, I'm sort of like the celebrity person, in the yachting community. Are you making more money from your regular job? 
You know what? I haven't actually used that flex yet. I I kind of like, I think because I'm so experienced, I kind of demand a bit more money anyway, because I've been doing it for like, oh, now it would be like eight years, which is quite, is very experienced for a stew. So I kind of don't need to pull that card. Um, And I like, you know, I still do, I still do temp work on yachts, but I kind of, it would be the least amount of my work for the year would be the yacht work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of, I honestly, I basically live off cameos. It's the best thing that ever happened. That's to me. awesome. Say <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday and I get some cash in my account. It's so sick. That literally though is enough to like pay your bills. Yeah, absolutely. I guess so I get cool. a really decent amount from it. That's wow. pretty awesome. But I'm lucky. Are we talking? I'm are we talking like over a hundred grand a year on just cameo? Uh, I don't want to disclose all of my financial information, but um. Well, that was just an over <laughs> or under. That's easy. I actually don't <laughs> even know because I don't really keep an eye on it. All I know is that it, it definitely keeps me afloat. Um, oh, but so I think cool. as well, I'm very lucky because. I'm a massive freeloader and um, I, don't, I haven't paid rent for years. So I don't really. <laughs> so that's our cameo. Yeah, you, you don't have rent. It doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's just play money. So, okay. So I want to know, because I, I want to get into like the actual filming aspect of Below Deck. I want to know, are you guys like filmed 24 seven? Like anytime you're up, cameras are on. Do you guys get downtime? Like I find this so fascinating to see like how the inner workings go on. Yeah. So we, so we film for, it ends up being about six and a half weeks straight, literally no days off every single day, day after day after day, like minimum, minimum 16 hour days. And we are, we are watched like 24 seven. The only time we're not watched is when, um, on turnover day, that is the hardest day because we've got to turn the whole boat over. Like we lit, people are like, oh, they must have people coming on to do things. But we clean the whole boat ourselves. Plus we have to get taken off one by one for about four hours to do our like confessionals. And so mm-hmm. we've got to do that and the boat work all in one day. It's so exhausting. Um, but yeah, they have they have the morning shift and the night shift and then they always leave a camera guy to stay on overnight in case in case one of us you know gets up at five in the morning and tries to sneak into someone else's cabin or something they need a big camera (laughs) to stick around um but yeah we're just watched always unless we're in the bathroom but if two of us go into the bathroom they make us open the door (laughs) <laughs> really that's a rule so that they can they can get your conversation yeah because a lot of the times like if someone's having a full meltdown they'll run to the bathroom and then you know the doting friend or whatever will run in after them and they're like give us some space and they're trying <laughs> to have like this meltdown in the bathroom but you know from bravo's point of view that's like absolute gold so yeah and you've signed a thing saying that you you consent to it so yeah you really you can't I don't know. I find it annoying when people try and run away from cameras because I'm like, you've signed up to be here. They're trying to make a show. Like, don't make it difficult for them. See, here's yeah. what I would make it difficult. I feel like I would always talk to the camera guys. I Like, they're just standing there. It's just me. Like, I cannot help Jack myself but talk there. to them or, or fuck with them. I'd be fucking with them all day. Like, I feel like I would, like, pants them or something like that or just mess with them. You know? Yeah. Like, did you – are you allowed to, to talk to them? Like, what are you allowed to talk to them, or what's the vibe like with them? No, God, no. It's like such a strict fourth wall. Um, you're not allowed to acknowledge them, and they get really pissed off. Well, not so much the camera guys, but everyone sitting in the control room watching gets really pissed off. And if people do it too much, then like they've kind of got to call a meeting and be like, "You guys, like it's it's fourth wall." The only <laughs> the only time that I like because I'm such a goody good I love I follow all the rules the only thing that I do like is every now and then what the camera guys will do is if you do something really funny they'll purposely do like a little laugh because that kind of eggs you on and it feeds you and then you like get more and more into being silly or into your joke I get it yeah I appreciate 
No, I would, that would definitely egg me on a little bit to keep going. Do you yeah. do all, do you do all your Bravo contracts? Like when it comes to like the next season of you doing it, do you negotiate or do you have someone do it for you? Uh, I do it myself. I, um, I honestly, I'm so proud of my growth. I've been trying to be more of a man in business, so to speak. Like I feel like my first, my first like three seasons, I was just way too nice and, and you know just kind of went with the general thing and this last season I kind of put my foot down a bit and it's it's a it's a it's a learning process you know negotiating is a tough skill yeah absolutely now good for you good for you being able to do it because it is a it's scary especially in reality tv because they make it seem like oh well you're just replaceable we don't need to we don't need to go with your demands uh, or whatever you want, like we'll just find the next two out there to 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 fill your shoes. Bye, mm-hmm. you know. Oh my god! Even if you're yes. great on TV. Thank you, but I know it is scary because there is the possibility. Like, there's so many people there waiting to do what you're doing. So they've got someone if they want it. I think. I guess what I just have on my side is because I've been a fan favorite for a while. I know that I do draw viewers in. So that's kind of like my power card, but it is scary. You send off the email and you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck. (laughs) 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 And also though, I mean, a lot of it is because I, I, you know, I feel like I can do it myself and I'm trying to hone that skill a bit, but also it's because I'm just, such a tight ass i'm a freeloader and a tight ass so it's like i don't want to give someone commission or a cut of negotiating for me if i can do it myself yeah have you had like when negotiating with them has it gotten to that point where it gets really kind of sticky where you feel like you might lose out on the opportunity of doing the show again and they kind of say all right this is the last straw has it gotten to that point when negotiating because it you know i can imagine it gets really scary and like yes i want to you know, everyone wants to get as much as they can, but I also am like, this show is so big and it's given me so many other opportunities. And, you know, even just as I said, cameo that I live off, like I get so much from it that I'm kind of not as worried about getting every fucking penny that I could because, you know, obviously I want to get paid well, but I'm, I'm content with everything else that comes with it. Absolutely. So tell me, when you're on the boat and you guys are living off the food on these yachts, is it good food? Are you enjoying it? Like, is it good meals that you're looking forward to or are you just over the food by now? Um, well, uh, yeah, it all depends on the chef. So whatever chef we have, that d- that depends on how your food is. So, I mean, we're not supposed to talk about Ryan, but, we, but I basically didn't eat for the whole season. It, we got fucking nothing. So, um, you know, maybe a sandwich every second day if we were lucky. So it just depends on who you have. Yeah. I mean, the same with when we had, remember we had Mila in season four of the Med, the the Russian homophobic Putin loving chef. And um, she, because she was Russian, I feel like every day she cooked us boiled vegetables and you know how russians cook vegetables for so long that they're basically not even a foodstuffs anymore <laughs> so she just put these plates of like i haven't had a lot of russians cook for me but i'll trust you on it <laughs> don't let them honestly they cook broccoli for so long it like you wouldn't know what it is that's funny like you know but then we had nate um come on at the end of season one and he was fantastic he gave us so much food it was insane that's awesome so it's yeah you just gotta hope you have a good chef well because some of the chefs come on and they're kind of like oh so is bravo like ordering you guys lunch and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like we're literally <laughs> this isn't a fake simulation like we're literally here working on this boat you need to feed us and yeah them, yeah i think people get the wrong idea and they think that bravo's gonna like get the crew takeaways or um you know i've heard of some of the cast going on and being like oh yeah time to start work, work, yeah. work. and they're like no like you're actually working and they're like 
oh yeah working wink wink it's like no <laughs> none of this is fake you're actually doing it yeah well i how what's how much nudity do you see on these yachts like do you ever see some people from your experience not just the show i'm saying like I got to be like, I got to feel like some of these people are so wealthy. And I see it in New York that they're so wealthy, like they'll just do anything. Like it's not, it's just, it's weird shit. Rich people, rich people are fucking weird. Have you seen like people who just want to be? That is so weird. I have seen some things that I should not have seen. And I mean, Steve can jump in here if I'm not allowed to tell this because I've been told off before. But um, I remember the first boat that I, <laughs> the first boat that I worked on. It was this really confusing dynamic where a father and his daughter came on, and then her her boyfriend came with her, and I couldn't figure out what was going on because she kept sitting in one of their laps and then sitting in another lap. And it was just confusing. And anyway, they we, they all went to the front of the boat and they asked for some cocktails before they went to the bow and they were sunbathing on the bow. And I think they must have forgotten that they asked for them and they were pretty pissed. And we and I walked around the corner with this tray of cocktails and the biological father, we looked into it, we checked, we looked at passports, we looked at records. The biological father had his head in between the daughter's legs, like pu- about to pull her panties aside, kissing all in it. And I was just... Oh, <gasps> I... Oh. I know! Oh. <laughs> 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 I know, and I walked down the corner, and I audibly went because ah! I was so shocked, and I got such. And then one of my cocktails tipped over on my tray because I jolted so hard, and they just looked up, and both of them started screaming at me like, "Fuck off, go away, go away, go away!" And the weirdest oh part was that my boyfriend God. lying beside them, watching it. And oh, it was just so weird. That might top it. Malia White came on. She said that she saw like orgies. She's seen a couple orgies where they go up. She'd go upstairs to the top deck, and they'd have like a light. What was it? What did she say, Adam? They had like a light that they would turn on, which meant like don't come. Oh yeah, like yeah, don't come up. Or like that means like turn the light on. And she walked up and was like, oh, it's a full-on orgy. Awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I truly, truly, the richer people get, the weirder they get. And yeah. I, after all my years, I think they get so rich and have so much at their disposal that regular pleasures get boring to them and they have to really think outside the box. I mean, that one was really outside the box. It's so true. To go there. But um, I I can't wait to get that rich so I can be weird as fuck, guys. Oh, so you can't, I'm gonna so I'm gonna bring it on. <laughs> no, not my fun. daughter, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a weird fucking rich guy one day. <laughs> well, I hope that you get there. <laughs> I won't be attending your orgies, but I do wish you all the best. Um, but honestly, I watch these people on these boats, and I'm like, I've got no desire to be any of you. It always just it's I know it's so fucking cheesy, but I'm all I always watch them and I'm like, thank God I'm my I'm in my position, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's <laughs> funny. I feel like like rich people like I I don't want to feel like I'm gonna get into the um All right. Get well, into it, Adam. Do you it. You know what's so crazy? So I no, I can't even say this. Do it. It's just really rough. Say it. Do it. Just spit no, it out. well, I just saw this celebrity. She just who's... told us how a dad went down on his daughter. Come on, oh spit God. it out, Adam. Jeez. No, I just saw a, a celebrity who's a billionaire just show up to a hotel, three SUVs deep, with all his buddies, which is so cool. And the hotel staff, and this is like you know a very uh, a very high end hotel in New York City. Like they're just like waiting outside with all the room keys and just like have it all ready for them. And I was like, man, this is got like what a life. Like how you, wild is this? Like you just show up with all your buddies and three Escalades on a private jet, get driven right to this, you know, five-star hotel in New York City and and then like everything's there for you and ready to keep the party going. Like it's just it's another man, world. So gangster. Yeah, no, it's pretty man. cool. It's not <laughs> bad. I would want that. I'd want that. Yeah. But I also think so with we, you though, I think with you, like I gotta imagine they're they're in the middle of the ocean. The weather's perfect. What's better than to skinny dip? Are people just skinny dipping yeah. all the time? Oh 
yeah, a hundred percent all the time. And I've I have seen so many stunning naked bodies. Oh my god. I will say that, like it is nice being a stewardess on a super yacht because I mean, not that I'm saying this is the ideal body type, but we get a lot of models on and you just look at them and you're like, my God, you're attractive, you know? And it's nice doing housekeeping because you get to look through all their clothes and touch all these nice fabrics and <laughs> sniff their panties. And it's just- <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Do you see a lot of, I don't know if we want to. I mean, I got to imagine over the years of you doing this job, you have to have seen like a lot of prostitutes yes yeah and how does that work is it just awkward is it weird are they winking at you like save me like what happens no, because... <laughs> <laughs> save me i've been taken from my country <laughs> um no it's actually it's usually um i mean and unless you were kind of organizing their logistics you wouldn't even know, know they're prostitutes because these people are getting like very high-end escorts so they kind of just look like their model friends that they maybe picked up at a bar or something so a lot of the time you just don't really know um i remember this russian boat that my friend worked on the father and the son both had a fetish for slamming chicks while they were on their period and so what they used to do is they would um, they would work with this agency and they would send them four prostitutes that all had their period at a different time of the month so each week they'd go do like a month charter and each week they had a different girl that was bleeding that they both just fucked for that week (laughs) oh that is insane okay that's never mind i don't want to be no well the thing is (laughs) yeah weird they get so weird. I, yeah, like, well, I, I pictured we would talk about weird rich people, and you just give us like all these like crazy drug stories. Because like I think when I go to Hollywood clubs, I walk into the bathroom and people are doing lines off the sink. Like it's just yeah. I see it happening. So I have to imagine when they're on a boat and they're out in the middle of nowhere and there's no one watching over. They're not worried about getting caught. Is that where you see a lot of drug use too out there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I, you see it all the time. It's just like stacked everywhere. Um, but obviously it's one of those things where you kind of, I mean, obviously you're not meant to on the boat, but you've, you've got these people paying so much money. Everyone kind of just turns a blind eye and then, and you know, and crew, crew have it sometimes too. Like I remember well, sometimes all the fucking time, but I was working on this boat once and we had a, where the sniffer dogs come on and mm-hmm. when, the, you know, and there was no, usually you get warning, um, but there was no warning this time. And one of the guys on the boat that's kind, that was kind of like notorious for always having a stash, um, you just see him, they say the dogs are coming on. He just starts dripping in sweat and he sprinted to his cabin, got his whole, got his whole stash of powder, opens the portholes, chucks them out the window and then anyway, dogs come through, everything's fine. We leave port and we come back. And um, when we came back, <laughs> he knew where he chucked it out. And so he got all of the dive gear on and went back <laughs> down and went and got it. Yeah. It was still okay? It was fine. Absolutely fine. That guy's got a problem. We got to talk to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, like, I never bothered having anything. So I was like, I just, you know, you never know when you're going to have a urine test, do dogs come on. It's just, and, for me, it's just well, not worth it. And now are people not, like, and again, I'm assuming some of these stories were not when you've been filming with Bravo, but oh God, do no. people get nervous when the Bravo camera's around that they could get caught skinny dipping or doing drugs or doing any of these things? Because, Or do they kind of start to forget about it as... Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, um, so uh, it's so interesting because you would think that if you were coming on a show and you knew you were coming on for literally it's 48 hours, they get on lunchtime one day, a middle full day, get off lunchtime the next day. So 48 hours, You like for me, I'm like you would think that you would try and behave yourself a little bit because you know it's going on a show that's going to be showing 
like literally worldwide. But I think people get so nervous and they give them champagne when they're waiting to like to do their walk down the dock and come onto the boat. And so usually by the time people arrive, they're already pretty hammered. And then I'm very swift about getting as much alcohol into them as possible because I want an earlier bedtime. And so <laughs> they spend pretty much the whole time absolutely fucked off their face. And they just make they just make an absolute fool of themselves. And they don't, you know, they're so wasted that I realize, but I bet you all of them go to the hotel afterwards and just sit there and think, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> have you had so funny. Have you had any experience with pirates while being out there? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that I have? Have I told the story? No, I had no idea. I didn't know. Oh, well, yeah, I have. Um, so I... So we were off the coast of Cuba. Oh, my goodness. It was so exciting. I wish more happened because <laughs> it was such a thrill. But um, we, I was up in the bridge. Uh, I don't know why I was up in the bridge. I think I was just up there hanging with the boys. And uh, anyway, I just noticed it started to get a little bit tense. And the, it was the captain or the second officer uh, was looking through binoculars. He'd just been doing like a round. And he looked through binoculars and he noticed this uh, little – uh, boat coming towards us. We call it a dinghy. I don't know if you guys call it a dinghy. Yeah, yeah. A, dinghy. You know, a little tin boat coming towards us. And it was, you know, going over the waves. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And anyway, we, so we were at anchor. So all of the engines were off. And you just see him turn and look at us. And he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And he was like, take a look, take a look. And I looked through these binoculars and coming towards us in this little tin dinghy was all of these dudes with AK-47s. And it was, you didn't realize it for a while because when they'd go up a wave, there was only three of them standing. And then it wasn't until they would crest and come back down the other side, you you saw that there was about 11 more of them lying in the bottom of this boat, all of them with AK-47s just hooning towards us. And the thing with big boats when they're turned off is you've got to, you know, radio the engineers to, you know, get the jennies going, get this going, blah, blah. And so it kind of takes about a good 10 minutes for the, you know, from when you tell them to get going to when you can actually move. Um, and so immediately they were like all the women, you know, all the girls to the crew mess, every shirt is to the crew mess. So they got all of us girls to the crew mess, locked us in there. On these boats, you only have one gun on board. It's like a handgun locked away in the bridge. A lot don't even have any. So we had no guns. Um, they just had a little handgun. So what the guys did is all the deck crew had to go to the aft deck to start the the armed forces. Um, and so what they did is they rolled out they rolled out all the fire hoses down the side so that if they did get to us and try to come on board, you can turn the fire hoses on and they're yeah. so strong that it would probably blow them back back off. Um, and then they went to the recycling, like where we keep our recycling, and they were running to the Arctic with, with these buckets and buckets of all these glass bottles and they were smashing the glass bottles so that the end came off so they could use them to stab them if they did managed to come aboard so it was all like this mass panic um but you know that's that's where the excitement of the story ends because then the engineers got the engines going and we we zoomed off into the sunset but i quite liked my little taste of of a of that's, the risk that's crazy so like when you guys took off the the dinghy just can't keep up at that point or oh, they gosh. think it's not worth it yeah, well, the size of boat that we had, like, there's no way they would have been able to keep up with us. So, yeah. Wow, that is so yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, so it's a very real threat, and they often target super yachts because they obviously know, you know, it's very luxurious on board. And even if you don't have guests on, there's always, you know, a shit ton of cash in the safe. There's you, bottles of wine that are $500 worth. There's, you know crystal glasses they can still take a bunch of stuff that's worth mm. something so crazy you know when you're on a boat for this long do you not get seasick like there is there a time when you guys hit some big waves that you're you start to feel nauseous or anything 
Um, I only have, well, when I first started yachting, I used to get really seasick and, um, it took, but I thought that I'd get fired if I showed that I was. So for the whole first week, it was like that scene in Bridesmaids where she's, where she's talking to the other woman and she's trying to pretend she doesn't have food poisoning and she's just dripping <laughs> with sweat. And that was me with the guests the whole first week, just dripping. I remember I would like um, pad, like sanitary pads and stick them to my polo to kind of soak up all the sweat that I was letting off. Um, but then for some reason after a week, it's like a switch went off and I just didn't get seasick anymore. Um, but the thing that fucked me off so much was <laughs> when you knew there was going to be really big swells and especially if we've been drinking the night before you kind of you would just take a seasickness tablet just to be safe and then you'd get these girls every every bloody boat has them you get these girls who won't take us they haven't taken a seasickness tablet and then they're like i'm so sick i i'm sorry i'm gonna have to go lie down i can't work and you're like, well, did you take a tablet? And they're like, no, I don't believe in taking tablets. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. So because you don't believe in taking tablets, now we all have to do three times the work so you can just go lie in bed and be sick. Like, oh, it makes me so mad. At least put the wristbands on or something. Try if you don't believe in tablets. <laughs> yeah. At least pretend you're trying, you know? Like, we would all love to go and do nothing in rough seas, but it's like, don't go on the boat if you can't handle it. It's such an interesting gig, what you do. It's like one of those jobs before the show. I didn't even know it existed. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, I, it's, it sounds – maybe it's just weird and I'm just so – middle class that I had no idea that this life existed like yeah. that you know like how do you like where do you apply for something like this well honestly so many people didn't and the show is what's brought awareness and there's been such a huge influx of people trying to get into this industry because when I first started we only knew one girl in my hometown or really in the country of all the people we knew, I only knew one girl that was doing it. Um, and my sister actually found out about it and she called, uh, we were both working jobs that we didn't like. And she called me one day and she's like, have you heard about this yachting thing? And I was like, what are you on about? And she told me about it and it sounded so wonderful that we both quit our jobs that day, uh, did the course two weeks later and then flew to France two weeks later. And now it's almost like a rite of passage in our hometown to come and do yachting. Everyone does it. So I'm lucky we, I started when I did because there was competition, but a lot less. Um, but yeah, if you want to get into it, you, you've got to go and do a two-week STCW course where you do firefighting, water survival, um, first aid, security, social responsibilities, all these things. And then you do a medical, and then you've got to do food and hygiene course online if you want to be inside and then you just have to go to go and walk the docks and swallow any pride you have and just walk around and beg people basically i love it well i gotta say i am so happy we had you on the podcast today i don't want to keep you much longer i know it's late where you are so thank you for staying up and chatting with us and hopefully hollywood raw will get so big one day that we get to do a live broadcast from a boat oh. in the middle of the mediterranean because that oh, really God. sounds epic uh no but thank you so much for joining us and i think my favorite part about this whole episode is your accent and hearing it sound like you're saying below dick the whole time it's been <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes when I tell Americans that I'm on below deck, you've got to tell them that it's not like a softcore porno. Like, I'm not blowing anyone. I'm, I'm working on the deck, hey? I have to admit, the first three times you said it, I had to like refrain from laughing because it made me laugh. But uh, I love your accent. I'm it's glad. awesome. You have been wonderful and just so damn entertaining. So. I'm hoping we can have you back at some point, uh, you know, let you go out, do your adventures and come back and chat with us uh, maybe in like a year from now. When I you're hosting a show. I honestly have had such a nice time. So thank you guys for having me. I really thank appreciate you. it. She's a lot of fun. She was fun, dude. She's She's got a crazy personality. I didn't know like 
I didn't know her full storyline. I've seen her on the show before. She's super entertaining. But, like, getting to actually spend, like, one-on-one time with her, like, I had a great time. That was a fun interview. I love yeah. that she, like, didn't hold back from all her wild stories. Because, trust me, there's a lot of people that would come on our podcast that would have all those stories going on in the back of their head but would never say half of them. Yeah, she's just, like, got good – she has, like, spunk. Like, it's just, like well, – that, And I think that's why she's become a fan favorite. Like, yeah. People like her because she's real. But it's not like being like outrageously real. She's just like, that's how I would talk to my buddies. Like, you know, like that's yeah. just how we talk like normal. It's it's not even talking shit or like, uh, you know, again, on this podcast, we say we reveal the fourth wall. But it's like, it's just be blunt about what happens. It doesn't have to be all dark stuff. But obviously some dark stuff does come up from time to time. And it's funny. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I still want to know if she's making over a hundred grand though on cameo. I want to know if she's making over two hundred grand total. I'm curious. Yeah, like I, I, I don't, next time, I, yeah. ne- next year when we get her back on. I just want to know how much Bravo actually pays, like how it works. Like, do you, we need this? If you do another season, do you get? Is it double pay? Do you get like a twenty percent increase? I, like, I think that when you get to like three seasons and you become a cast member that is not replaceable, that's when the real money starts coming in. I think for the first two, three, four seasons, you're you're not getting a lot. They're banking more on the fact that you want to be on reality TV. It's changing your life. But once you really get like the power in your hands and you become a NeNe Leaks or you become a Bethany, that's when the paychecks are like, oh, okay, now I can demand a million dollars a season because you need me for ratings. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what happened. That's what Craig said. Craig from Southern Charm said when he came on our show, like, he was not really making money until the third season. That's when, like, things started to change in his career. That's, that's, that's really common for a lot of shows. People don't make money until like season three. A lot of deals are like three-year deals with TV shows. So they go, they sign a contract for three years. It's got like whatever your standard 3%, 5% raise each year. And then on that third year, if the show's crazy successful and you're doing well and you have to renegotiate at this point, that's when it opens up and you can make big bucks. Sheesh. Well, hope she does well. She's really cool. Thank you guys for listening. Um... Yeah, man. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Hollywood Raw Pod. We're also on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, where we kind of uh, we all just answer your questions. But you know, you guys also talk to each other, and it's a place for us to it's kind a of community. Now. It really is. It's, it's like a, a, it is a community. It's like friends, and now now I'm seeing people like chat with each other and like, oh, did you guys hear this? Or you know, just reply off on some of our podcasts and like communicate about an episode or something dumb we said or something we should have said i I love when you guys call me out like oh you forgot this and you you didn't mention this like i appreciate it i read all this stuff so i i really am enjoying this uh off the record facebook group yeah we just have a really good community it's not about us it's about all of us it's um it's just it's really cool so check that out uh follow me at adam glenn follow dax holt at dax holt and go leave us reviews, please. We need them bad on iTunes. Yes, Go to please. iTunes, go to our page. If you haven't been there and you like our show, just head on over there, scroll to the bottom of our iTunes page, leave a review, five stars, some kind of comment, and don't forget to put your name in the comments so when I read it at the top of the show, I can read your actual name, not just some crazy you know, title you've been given thanks to iTunes. Yes, and uh, last but not last, bye. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean last by? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why am I supposed to end this shit? It's late. Guys, he's I'm delirious. It's, I, like it's late. And it's it's right really now. late here, and I'm shot. But it's okay, because I enjoy you guys. So thank you guys for listening, and talk to you guys later. A Huda Media Production.